the Farm Advisory Service podcast. Audio advice on livestock, crops and soils, environment, rural business and more. Brought to you in association with the Scottish Government. Women in agriculture groups across Scotland recently participated in a social media presence webinar as part of the Farm Advisory Service. The groups were joined by SAC Consulting Specialist Kerry Allison, who talked through the do's and don'ts of using social media to enhance your business. There were some great tips which came out of these meetings and it was fascinating to learn about the different platforms available and the etiquette involved in using them. I thought it would be useful to dive a little bit deeper and to find out more about real life businesses who are using some of these techniques to enhance their own businesses. And I hope that this will help to inspire more of you to use some of these social media platforms. In this episode, I'm joined by Harriet Busby from Border Berries. Border Berries is, is a thriving farm business in the heart of the Scottish borders. They've got a large Facebook and Twitter presence, and I wanted to find out a little bit more about how this business ticks and uses social media to its advantage. Harriet, welcome along today. Thank you very much for having me, George. I'm delighted to have you, and I really appreciate you taking the time uh, to join us from what I'm sure you'll agree has been uh, one of the most unconventional seasons. Yes, it's not exactly a typical year for us, is it? I think everyone will agree that we've had our challenges, but uh, I'm delighted to have you. And I definitely think this is a a great opportunity to explore a bit more about what what you're doing. And I guess I first became aware of Borders Berries when I I drove past that that huge, huge berry sign in, in the middle of St. Boswell's and I don't think there's any getting away from it if you live in the, the village. And uh, after a bit of a Google search, I, I came across a fantastic website and, and a very active Facebook and, and Twitter page, not only promoting the, the berries, but also the cafe as well. So, Harriet, I just wanted to ask you, uh, do you mind just, first of all, giving us a wee overview of the, the business? What exactly are uh, you and Alistair doing? Yes, um, we're a conventional arable farm um, in the middle of the borders and the berries is um, a small part of our farming mix. Uh, so we, we just have um, usual arable crop um, rotation. But um, back kind of uh, probably nearly 50 years ago, um, there was a, an initiative for farmers to diversify. And my grandfather um, introduced soft fruit, as did many other farms across the borders, um, to fill a gap labor gap before the main harvest started and um, we're one of the few remaining farms that still grow soft fruit in the borders uh, as a result of that so um, we were primarily in when I was growing up and when my parents were running the farm it was mainly um, picked fruit being taken to market in Newcastle and Edinburgh and then um, with the rise of pick your own uh, over the last 30 years, that's come to be uh, the major part of the business now. Brilliant. And, and uh, certainly what, what, what certainly strikes me is that when you go onto the website, there's a fantastic page and, and it gives a, 
it gives a list of uh, I think there's six different types of berries uh, there, and it gives a, a very clear sort of price per kilo, kilogram and and the availability uh, of the the various berries. Uh, could you just maybe tell us a, a wee bit more about how this process works? Do people just turn up and and pick, uh, or or you know how what exactly happens there? Well, uh, a pick your own fruit farm is, it can be a, a, a day out, it can be part of a sort of tourist kind of day out activity. And I'd say that that is, uh, in recent years, mainly where our marketing uh, has um, has been uh, targeted. Prior to that, it was obviously people who already converted, who already enjoyed picking, already wanted soft fruit and and to make their own jam. Um, so uh, those people were more proactive in finding out about where their fruit farms were. And, and now we're competing against other days out, effectively. So um, yeah. uh, people um, will, uh, if they're new to pick your own, will definitely do their research because they, they like any new activity, you want to find out a little bit more about how it works. And particularly this summer with a whole, um, a very large number of uh, first-time customers um, looking for an activity, they've really heavily relied on checking us out on uh, via our website. And uh, they have questions like, do they pay to get into the fruit field? Uh, not for us, but for most fruit farms you do. They, they want to um, sort of have an idea in their head about how the whole process works. You'd be amazed at the misunderstandings that are, that are out there, you know, people. Um, so uh, that's the primary purpose of the website is to help people prepare for their first visit. And for returning customers, they will go straight to the fruit page that you mentioned, and they can just practically check what's ripe and just mm-hmm. check the prices no brilliant and does the farm cafe then also complement that harriet is it um farm produce that you uh, also sell in the cafe yes the cafe in- encourages people to make more of a day out of a trip to uh, a fruit field we're obviously uh, um uh, a farm so we're a, a fair way away from the nearest towns and villages so people are kind of committed when they're here and it's good for them to be able to get refreshments and then they they might go back out and um, pick some more fruit or they come as a larger family and some will just picnic and go to the cafe while others pick so it it in, increases the, the the amount of time people will spend here and the cafe is um run by me i i bake absolutely everything on site i don't believe in Brilliant. buying anything in it's a showcase for as much fruit as i can use um yeah so I, I stuff berries into as many things as possible, and it's also uses our own. I'm, I married a livestock farmer from Langham, so we have <laughs> beef. Um, yeah. They use our own beef in the sandwiches. Um, it's uh, you know I just buy milk and flour and eggs really. <laughs> Brilliant, yeah, and and uh, I'm right in saying now that we're we just finished the season so so what's the sort of window you've got there because uh, i just was was on the website earlier and and you know you've you've got this great 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 range of products uh, when does the season start and and with what berries does it uh, finish with 
we have a, a small season because what we are is a straight up Scottish fruit farm with no polytunnels and that keeps our, our window uh, small, which suits us fine because as we've mentioned, we, we are arable farmers. So we've, we're now thick into harvest and we really don't want to be running a pick your own fruit farm yeah. Uh, at the same time and our fruit season starts at the end of june that's a, a natural strawberry time to be ripe so that's what we start off with strawberries and gooseberries at the end of june and then raspberries are uh, not long afterwards red currants black currants and uh, taberries um, towards the end um, with modern fruit varieties we can we grow um, about three or four different types of strawberry and raspberry that spread the season for us and keep us going well into August. Fantastic. I'm just going to move on a wee bit to the to the marketing side of things now. I noticed that, that you've, you've got over 6,000 likes and followers on Facebook. Uh, so I just wanted to know, how exactly are you using Facebook and uh, ultimately how does this help bring the customers in to, to pick the berries? Well, Facebook is a, a useful way of spreading message by word of mouth, really. It's it sort of, that's, that's how it operates. So when I decide, set on an opening date for the fruit season, I'll put out our first post um, of the fruit season and people like that or just them engaging in the post in some way reading it or liking it or in the comments they might uh, mention it to a, a friend on Facebook and it, it sort of pops up on their friend's feed and um, that's that's just like word of mouth really so um, it's uh, it's a very useful tool people are often um, waiting for us to open um, mm-hmm. So that first post of the season is is always has an excellent response, and and the word just spreads um, uh, from there. Fantastic! Uh, I, t- I take it then it's a, also a useful tool during the the picking season for for trying to uh, sort of keep people coming in. And I, I you know I guess your your aim is to have met, to have as many people coming in through the doors as possible. That's right. We want to, uh, for the fruit's own sake, we want a steady stream of uh, regular picking. Uh, yeah. We can struggle um, if we have huge numbers of people visiting um, and then no one coming on several rainy days and fruit going rotten. So mm-hmm. it, uh, so I do fine-tune the, our communications just to encourage people to come along if we need a little leg up. And I, uh, flip side, I, I do also say we're very, very busy. It's likely to be a very busy weekend. And I put people off um, as well because that's important. You don't want to disappoint people by them finding that there, there isn't enough fruit or it's very busy. And especially in a season like this, it was really important to point out to people when we're likely to be quieter uh, we're open mm-hmm. till 7 p.m. every evening and absolutely invariably quiet after 5 p.m. and you get beautiful evenings. So I, I really did try and encourage people who are more nervous to to come in the evenings. Yes. And was that a, a case of, you know, putting up more Facebook posts or, you know, putting more information up on the website or, you know, how did you go about communicating that, that with the customers? I... Uh, 
I did make a point of uh, saying this in our Facebook post. I don't post that much at all, actually. So um, I, I think less can be more sometimes. So people uh, pay more attention if you're if you're not posting the whole time. Yeah. And I made it very clear on the front page of our website because people generally just want to look at the front page I had very clear guidelines about planning your visit knowing that we had a lot of first-time visitors and um, so there was all sorts of practical information there and and yes time of day was just one of them and then finally in borders it's still very important to us to have a little bit of advertising in print media um, because we have fair few older customers and they are traditional newspaper readers so we advertise in local papers and I I try and get um, as good an advertising spot as possible and this summer the way it panned out there was a lot of um, advertising space availability so we managed front page of our regular papers and and I uh, pushed the message there about um, how people could best plan for borderberries in this unusual fruit season. No, fantastic. You know, so social media seems to be a very fast-paced environment. Do you ever feel obliged or compelled to uh, do so many posts per day? You know, you see it's very easy for, for people's news feeds to be clogged up with, you know, constant information. Are you ever worried that you're not putting enough content out out there? Or do you find that it's the less often higher quality post that actually works better for you? Uh, I, I definitely don't feel compelled to um, post prolifically. It's, you know, we're, we're a fruit farm. I, I, I'm not an individual sort of social media um, celebrity um, or personality. So it's a very different kettle of fish. So what we have is, um, yeah, we just need uh, clear and simple messages you know we're not going to talk about the mundane aspects of everyday life you know I'm just uh, posting very clear business information and I think using social media for a business uh, such as this is quite different to the way you do it as a as a yes a personality doing it just to entertain uh, yeah entertainment is your business no, that, that makes sense. And, and so you've got no sort of target for uh, you need to have this many likes or you need to be putting out that many posts. It's 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 uh, very much just ad lib. I think it's really important to uh, understand, yes, what, what you want out of social media. And for us, it's entirely not about that. I, I'm playing it my way. I'm not being played, as mm-hmm. it were. So... Absolutely. I feel very strongly that um, nice, simple, truthful messages uh, that have a personal touch and preferably have a nice photo. Fruit's very photogenic. That helps. Um, Yes. That uh, that's what people want. And I don't continue year round to post. It's simply in the fruit season and it's simply factual and helpful information. And it's yeah. not that frequent. <laughs> yeah. So, so out of season, then, Harriet, is it a complete sort of shutdown on on social so, social media, or do you sort of keep people updated with uh, 
the growing season, for example, the uh, actual growing of the, the berries, or, or are you just using it as a uh, at the start of the season and, and during the, the growing season? I do keep it to just during the season. I have considered uh, having interesting stories about preparing the fruit throughout the winter. Um, it's not so photogenic having a sort of windswept um Driech uh, November day, raspberry <laughs> canes, and and actually, to be quite honest, the majority of our followers aren't that interested. Uh, you know, they they're not fellow yeah. they they they're, they're not that bothered. So, I appreciate that the algorithms and things of Facebook like you to be um, drip feeding information, and indeed they do prompt you, you know, to communicate with your customers. But I switch off to all of that. Um, I know um, that that's absolutely fine with our our followers, and I yeah. think that we have a stronger following. As we are seasonal, I think people sit up and pay attention when I post in June because they're really looking out for us. I think you you summed it up quite nicely. It's about knowing what you're trying to do and who your target is. I guess that leads us on to my my next question. At our recent social media uh, presence meeting, uh, we, we heard from food and drink specialist Kerry Allison, who was describing the various different types of uh, social media platforms. And, and she she sort of suggested that Twitter was more recognized for perhaps speaking directly to other businesses. You're using Facebook a lot more than other platforms, Hart. I know you've got a Twitter presence as well. What do you typically use, use Twitter uh, for? And, you know, why do you think that approach works well for you in the in the borders well like you i sort of um was aware of the different um strengths of various social media platforms and so i i, I thought I, I better get with it and get on twitter um yeah but, um, i really don't use twitter that much um for border berries because we are um very much you know we, we don't actually have a lot to do with other businesses um unlike other sort of business uh businesses networks um we're, we're very much focused directly on the end user the customers so there isn't a massive need for us to develop um much business to business marketing so whilst i do look on um twitter occasionally and and it's it's nice when uh, other sort of hotels and uh, businesses will say ooh, ooh, uh, you know retweet um our, a post from me it doesn't make a massive difference and if you see how many people engage with those tweets it's really quite small so i i realized that it it wasn't really worth my um effort i think instagram is probably um a little bit more the way forward for me in, in the future I had a slight technical hitch this summer that's frozen me out of my Instagram account. But now that Instagram is owned by Facebook, um, they do tie in well together, which makes life simpler. If you put a post on Instagram, you can click to um, roll it out on your Facebook account too. So you can you can do it in a one So that's, that's quite handy. And I, I think that's probably the way that I would look in the future. Yeah, yeah, and as you you said earlier, berries are are, are quite photo, photogenic. So an Instagram account for which 
uh, focuses primarily on on photographs i suppose you know yeah. makes sense doesn't it yeah people have yeah. visual communication people just really enjoy looking at pictures um yeah and it's a bit easier than reading <laughs> And I and I, th- I think with, with you know the amount of content that appears on your newsfeed, you sometimes don't have time to actually read something. It's it, I heard a fact recently that that you know you've got about the average user has got a couple of seconds to to take in and absorb uh, information on a newsfeed. So I guess from your your perspective, you're needing it to be sharp, quick, and to try and draw draw people in as well as you can. Yes, I, I think, uh, you know, they say a, a picture speaks a thousand words. If, if you get that picture right, then yes, it can be very handy indeed. Fantastic. I just wanted to touch a wee bit on your, you've got a background in marketing, uh, Harriet. Probably not a lot of people know, know that about you, but have you found yourself using that experience in your from your previous life to uh, what you're doing now? Uh, has there been a crossover from your marketing days? Yes, certainly. I mean, I, I've got a um, Chartered Institute of Marketing qualification and I worked in Edinburgh for the National Galleries of Scotland and for the Usher Hall as marketing manager um, prior to coming back to the borders to have kids and and be a farmer again. And uh, it's enormously useful. Um, I, I use the my marketing knowledge in not just for border berries, but in other ventures we've been involved in, like Borderfield Cold Press Rapeseed Oil. Was we were one of the early investors in in setting that up and just you know thinking outside the box um with farming and uh and in developing we we did for a while have busby market which was our um grass-fed um and hill cattle and lamb uh, that we were marketing online so um yes i've, I've definitely brought it back but i'd, I'd say that my my parents uh, when they worked uh, at borderberries they uh had quite a strong handle on understanding people and how to promote the business too so I think it's sort of uh, it's in the family as well. <laughs> now Harriet I understand that you had some previous involvement with Busby Markets do you want to tell us a wee bit about what that actually was and why you uh, stopped doing that? Yes, we, um, uh, as I mentioned, I, um, I married a livestock farmer from Langham and um, we um, our tenant farm is here on an um, arable farm, but he owned his own livestock farm there, um, Hill Farm with the Cheviot sheep and Galloway cattle and wanted to create a market um, out with the conventional um, selling our livestock through the ring. And uh, so... Uh, it was a time when land prices were low and so we could make a markup by direct selling. And we also had time as uh, our family was still very young. In fact, it was probably before we even had kids. So um, we were looking at d- developing farming in all different directions back then. And so we um, began selling to friends and then blossoming from there um uh, lamb and beef packs and we would sell it when the lamb and beef were at their best and the um galloway cattle were grass finished 
and they, they were their best sort of late November, early December, and our lamb then as well. We also sold hogget uh, around about um, springtime, um, and that was it. And we kept it very seasonal. And uh, you know, with my marketing hat on, I said to my husband, "People want meat year round; they don't get the seasonality of meat." And he said, I don't want to sell it when it's not at its best. So we stuck with that and we did work really hard developing um, a customer base. But when it really boiled down to it, the regular customers were always ones that had first line of contact with us anyway. So there were people who kind of knew us or um, had a link to us. And so after years of trying to develop it um, wider, the, the hassle factor added to which the price of lamb rose uh, meant that we decided it wasn't really worth continuing with anymore. We do still do a small amount, but just to friends. And it's it's also very difficult to transport fresh meat. If you're um, sending it to the other end of the country, you're completely um, at the mercy of couriers and whilst their service has improved they don't quite get the fact that they can't leave that box in the depot over the weekend and come back to it the, on the Monday if they if they can't find the address and as a small farmer it's devastating to find out that £200 worth of prime beef um, has gone to waste uh, so yeah uh, <laughs> I'm afraid that that we 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 developed a, a nice little market website. We we try to start selling other um, game from our um, neighbours at Burnside uh, Foods. Uh, we started trying to sell some of their game on the website and wild boar and uh, things like that. But they weren't our products. We were just trying to do it. But it's just it's very tough. You know, I think fresh meat is still something that people prefer to buy in smaller amounts it, you know yes don't have a freezer yeah. yeah and was your social media approach to that quite different to to the berries approach harriet um were you still using Actually, uh, facebook or, or uh, to try and market that or or, or was it mainly the, the website um it was mainly the website it was slightly pre getting going on social media to be honest so um uh um i did very briefly set up a facebook page but didn't develop it so it's pre social media yeah fantastic the other thing i guess i wanted to to it goes back to the social media side of things uh, kerry allison at our uh, recent social media presence meeting she talked a wee bit about negativity on social media and she mentioned that there is a, a two comment rule for applying to people who troll your posts and uh, her advice was basically not to get engaged in drawn out arguments has negativity on social media ever been a, a problem either with borders berries or in in previous roles which you've had no, we're lucky that that it hasn't. I think with negative comments, it, it uh, they've been. I can only think of one or two that have been posted on social media. And to be honest, what, what I do actually do on Facebook is um, 
I um, I don't really respond to comments at all. And I would, you know, I, I have an automatic message that tells people to check the website or because a lot of comments on social media are about what are your opening hours. <laughs> and in, yeah. it, this is in the middle of a very busy fruit season. We're exceptionally busy when the fruit season is on. I just don't have time to um, deal with those kind of comments. So um, um, we sort of bat people away like that. And then um, any um, yeah negative comments that I've had, for instance, I had one about five or six years ago and it, uh, somebody had visited Borderberries on probably what remains our busiest day ever in the cafe. And they'd stood in a queue for a long time and all they wanted was an ice cream. And initially, and and they hadn't put it in the most positive um, terms, but I did reflect on what they'd said. And, um, you know, I I think uh, there's no harm in sleeping, sleeping on things. And the next morning I thought, that's it. And I just put up a little notice in the cafe saying there's an ice cream fast track. Go straight to the till if you want an ice cream. It was a really simple response. And I could post that on social media as my reply. Mm -hmm. And you instantly convert someone who's a bit grumpy. They think, oh, wow, Uh, they've done something. It was really simple for me to think of that. And uh, they felt quite good. Added to which, um, it's the vast majority of the other people reading the response. They then think, oh, that's quite reasonable. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and and I've done that with other negative comments in, in the past. I've been able to sort of think, well, there is some truth in what they've said, and you know we'll we'll uh, we'll deal with things differently. So yeah, but I am very careful um, to not get involved in commenting to comments on on my um, Facebook. I just don't get involved. I just if if people are leaving questions there, I'm afraid I just do leave them hanging in midair because they're almost always about are the strawberries ready. <laughs> And that's, yes. that's what the website's for. And if they really want to know, they really will look at the website. Um, yeah. And so many people these days feel compelled to reply instantly. You know, it, we live in a world now where everything's instant and uh, it's quite refreshing to hear your approach to that. And if you have a consistent you know, approach, I think consistency is important. And if you ha- have an automatic um, response that says, uh, you know, and this applies to all farms, you know, we're out in the fields working, <laughs> we're busy, so we we don't reply to posts um, straight away, you know, and, and not worry about the statistics that Facebook like to feed you about how fast you are in responding. You know, I, I ignore all of that and I just completely focus on being in control of my own message and audience. Yeah, no, brilliant. Harriet, we, we have quite quite a few of the ladies in our Borders Women in Agriculture group who are maybe starting to use social media for the first time to try and develop their own businesses. Would you have any sort of words of wisdom for those people, you know, starting to use it for the first time, you know, whether that be Facebook or Twitter? Definitely. I'm sure they have been told all these things before, but uh, following um, businesses that are similar or um, or that interest them anyway and sort of learning how other people, businesses communicate, 
and being clear, having your own clear voice. So, um, for instance, keeping things quite personal and relevant, truthful. And uh, yes, uh, don't feel, you know, don't be led by Facebook kind of wanting you to post all they they want that that's what they thrive off is is volume of information on Facebook but be in control yourself and uh, post when you think it's timely to do so and uh, you start up with a core of your, your own friends following you and that always looks good on Facebook I think when you've got a, a core of friends that follow you and they're often the first when you're getting going to start commenting and um, that allows you to build confidence and, and build quite a personal um, commu- way of communicating. And then uh, it will blossom from there to people who don't have first-hand connections and contacts with you, but uh, it sets you off on, on the right path. Yeah, that's brilliant advice, Harriet. And I can't let you away without asking you, what does the future hold for, for Borders Berries? Each year uh, when we closed down Borderberries, my husband and I um, sort of settle down and have a huge sigh of relief, um, usually um, in between him leading in the grain because he's full into (laughs) harvest by this stage. But we always, always evaluate each season and think about how we could do things differently how we could have done things better what we might take away this year um even more so than ever because we really did change the way we operated mostly the cafe to be honest the fruit field was the same but it it was a really um, useful experience and i found the cafe was uh easier to run and more successful than it's ever been and that was with far fewer people uh, running the cafe and streamlining an already streamlined menu. So um, it, it certainly made me have a, a good think about um, how we run the cafe. The, I think it, we've realised now, as, as we've always known, that um, our Pick Your Own Fruit Farm is a day out and that this year an exceptional number of new visitors were coming for a day out and fresh air. So we will continue pushing that message. I'd, I'd been trying to break the Edinburgh market for years. Um, and so I was gently advertising in um, all the uh, school um, summer holiday magazines that go out to all Edinburgh school kids um, and lots of family markets, lots of um, uh, community magazines in Edinburgh. I'd, I'd sort of uh, been marketing in them. And this year, that people had an awareness of our existence but had never translated it into an actual visit and this year they did and that was a useful you know this persistence uh in in marketing you know you just um keep trying to communicate with people and convert them into a customer and it will it will eventually happen and it, it happened big time this year and in quite a overwhelming and slightly scary way the volume of people that we had coming from all over Scotland but um, I will I will work on that um, uh, for future years. We we know who who is particularly interested in coming down. A lot of Asian families, a lot of Polish families, who don't have links to the countryside in Scotland, but they might have in 
in uh, communities, you know, where they've come from overseas. And so they really enjoyed getting out into the country. And I would definitely build on that. Brilliant. Harriet, I can't thank you enough for joining us today. I, I really enjoyed hearing what what you're doing there and, and the way you're you're using social media and your website so positively. And I think that's that's going to be great inspiration for the rest of our uh, women in agriculture group. So, so Harriet, thank you very, very much for today. Uh, you're very welcome, George. I enjoyed it. Thank you.